This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are continuing our reflections on the weekend of Pike's Peak Line Dance or Bust 2019. When last we chatted with you all out there in podcast land, we had just departed Copperhead Road, the bar in Colorado Springs, and we were on our way to a new location at which we had never danced. And also... I am very, very proud of us. Go ahead. Very, very proud of us. We finally got out of the hotel. Yes. Granted, we we got out of the hotel because we had to get out of the hotel to begin with, Mm -hmm. but we stayed and went somewhere else. And I'm very proud of us because we're finally, finally starting little bit by little bit, very baby steps, Mm -hmm. getting out there and seeing what else is around in the areas that we are traveling to. Mm-hmm. But you were going to finish something. Yes. So the last couple of dances, other than the very last dance being Electric Slide, that uh, we danced at Copperhead Road were Redneck Angel by Sherry Litzenberg and Renee Filiu and Fireball Easy for the Club by Mitzi Day, which was also floor split with Mambo... No, Moving Hips by Frank Trace, and I think possibly also Aussie. And I don't think anyone was doing Will Craig's Fireball, but it would have been another option. It's a massive floor split on the floor of Copperhead Road shortly before we left. During Redneck Angel, I was off the floor next to John dancing the dance I know, which is Merry-Go-Round, and it's the official dance created for the Jane Deere girls music video and John John Robinson had mentioned how he had never seen it before but he likes that one a lot Hmm. we left Copperhead Road and took an Uber no we got it dropped off and did not take an Uber we got dropped off then we took an Uber and did not take an Uber to Whiskey Baron no Whiskey Baron is where we were on our way to next the Uber adventure we had at the end of the night was something for the end of the episode. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Whiskey Baron was where one of my, I guess you could say internet, my, my recent internet friends said that she was going to be after I had asked her whether she would be at Copperhead Road that mm-hmm. night. I am a regular listener, I would say of Country Soul Podcast, hosted by Byron Roberson, also known as BJ. And he has got some real interesting guests, like people who dance, forms of dance, that are still country dancing that I know nothing about, like Mm -hmm. two-step, country swing. I just found out that there's a one-step and a three-step. Right, me too. Yeah, like the things that you find out about by tuning in to Country Soul Podcast as a just straight-up line dancer have already blown my mind and we're only a few episodes in. Right. One of his recent guests is uh, was Madison Ferris and in the episode uh, with that she that she did with I believe his name is Aaron Lackey, she says that she's from Colorado Springs. He is from Denver 
and she is based out of Colorado Springs. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to Colorado Springs. This is perfect. I can finally meet her. Is she going to be a Copperhead Road? She said, no, she might go to Whiskey Baron. And I thought, oh, well, we're going to be so busy dancing at Copperhead Road. I guess we just, we just won't meet. That's fine. But then the night at Copperhead Road ended, and it was early, like we 9.30 were not ready. early. We wanted to keep on dancing, and we didn't actually know whether there was going to be much line dance, if any, at Whiskey Baron, but right. we figured it was worth a try. So we, we traveled over there with our new dance friend, Tracy, and we observed at first. I wrote down on this, this little sheet here, at 9.58, they were doing two-step. They were probably doing a couple of two-steps, if not yeah. several two-steps. And we just watched and waited and saw maybe they'll do a line dance at some point and then, you know, we can go out there and join them for a line dance. So they did. They played a line dance and it was the Cupid Shuffle. I don't think I participated in that particular Cupid Shuffle, although I may have done one of them at some point in the night. Did I? Yeah, we did. Did jump in? Yeah, because we didn't know how many dances we were going to actually get to do. So we were like, okay, well, we might as well take advantage of this while we can. Oh, maybe that was one of the ones. Um, They also had request slips out and a notice saying we will play these more or less in the order that they are received just so you know though not all of them may get played due to time constraints so i i made sure to enter and they they just asked for the title of a song and the artist so no guarantee of what dance was going to be done to any of those but i i made sure to put in at least a couple because if nothing else, if they did two-step around the outside, then maybe we could just do whatever the dance was in the middle. Yeah. As we were waiting for those songs to come on, uh, other things that happened over the course of the night were a nightclub two-step was danced as a partner dance, and we danced Let It Baby. Some other dance was being done, and we did K is for Kicks. Yay! Yay! Some other dance was being done, and we did have fun go mad. And the reason I keep saying some other dance was done is because I put asterisks next to any of the dances I wrote down that were only being done because we were doing them. Pretty much. If we were doing these dances with an asterisk, they were most likely partner dancing to something around the outside. If I knew the song, I wrote it down. If I didn't, I just let it slide. After that, we had the wobble, which I should mention is not the wobble. <gasps> it is not, apparently. We discovered via the internet, therefore it must be true, that the what we know as the wobble is actually based on or is a dance called Nasty Girl from the Soul Line Dance community. Somebody recently posted a video of the dance Nasty Girl to a song not the wobble by VIC, and this video apparently dates back to 2004 before Wobble existed. Right. This blew my mind. Yeah, I was shocked when I saw that you shared it on Facebook. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, there's so many things in line dance that we continue to learn each day. And for the Wobble, which I consider to be as much of a staple at you know, mainstream line dance occurrences like weddings and bar mitzvahs and middle school dances like the cha-cha slide sometimes known as the casper slide part two right. uh, featuring the platinum band and this time we're gonna get funky or the cupid shuffle 
those are like the, the three big ones that you just accept as being the way they are and they always have been that way and we know everything we need to about them. Mm-hmm. Wobble is nasty girl. Yeah. I what would... else don't we know? Right? <laughs> or what do we think we know? Mm-hmm. After Wobble slash Nasty Girl, which everyone was doing, they played a song. The song was high class and everyone did some dance to it, but I don't know what the dance was. I, I think that I recorded a video of it. So hopefully I can nail that one down later and identify it by the steps. But they all did something, and that was one of those songs that we had on our list to find a dance for. And we never did. We did that with Heartache on the Dance Floor, and now we dance Zydeco Lady to it. We did that with Flatliner, and now we dance Keep Up, Don't Lose Your Breath to it. But we didn't do it with High Class. I think at some point at Twin Oaks we did like After Party or something to it. But nothing was really set in stone. So whatever it was they were dancing, I don't know it. Maybe we'll find out what it actually was someday. Then we had another dubiously historied dance, known to many as the outlaw, but which is, of course, originally country as can be. That it is. After some step changes occurred in Stoney's rock and country of Las Vegas, Nevada, it was renamed with, I believe, permission of the choreographer, Suzanne Wilson, The Outlaw, just to kind of show the difference between original country as can be done to country as a boy can be by Brady Seals, I believe, uh, versus The Outlaw as danced to Whiskey Drinking SOB by Michael Knight. Country rap king, Michael Knight. He earned that title. (laughs) After that, we had, Uh, and I have that question right next to this, The Get Up. I, it is the get up. I, I, well, the thing is, like, there are different versions, I guess. I have not been following this at all. I am out of the loop. If you guys all out there have some favorite version you do of the get up, let us know at lyondancepodcast at gmail.com. We have not adopted any of them in Sonoma County yet. If I do, it's going to be Brendan Zahorsky's. Is he, uh, did he, he has, get the Contra version? He has this really cool looking Contra version one mm. that looks enjoyable hmm. to uh to dance as opposed to what i've seen for like throughout facebook for the get up challenge or whatever that is this was the first time that the song i don't want to say that it was the first time i had heard the song uh, all the way through because i don't think i was paying attention to a lot of it it was the first time that i was in the presence of the song being played all the way through hmm. i don't think i've watched a full or maybe even a part of a challenge video i think at this point in my old age of 33 i've seen so many challenges come and go that i no longer am compelled to keep track of them unless it becomes unavoidable like i remember the mannequin challenge and the ice bucket challenge remember the ice bucket challenge for sure that one was you know it was one of the early ones so it was good it was for a good cause it still had people's attention uh, there was the, oh, not, not really a challenge exactly, but the activity known as the Harlem Shake. That was the one uh, where people would like go all dancey and spastic after a certain period of time had elapsed when everyone was just kind of moving softly. When the beat dropped, they would start dancing. Does that jog your memory at all? Not at all. No. Not at all. Yeah, these things, they, they come and go so quickly. The get up challenge, I guess, is the current one. It is definitely the current one, and it is a soapbox thing for me. So I will just go ahead 
and keep my soapbox in the closet. Okay. After that, we had you dancing half a chaw to the song Half a Song. Yeah, they were they were dancing, I want to say, and I've, I've, I feel bad saying this because I think we refer to it as the Denver cha-cha. It is also, according to the website, I think coloradochacha.com, it, to some it is known as originally the Colorado Cha-Cha. But I see where you're going with this. In the episode we just listened to or that, that just aired on Country Soul Podcast, from the mouths of people based in Colorado, one from Denver, one from Colorado Springs, they just call it a Cha-Cha. Yep. Or the Cha-Cha. They call it the Cha-Cha. Yeah. It's that whole, you know... If you're in France, is it still French toast mm. or is it just toast kind of thing? Mm, right. And then what do you call regular toast? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of situation. So we here call it the Denver or Colorado cha-cha. There they call it the cha-cha. Mm-hmm. I don't know that one. I think we learned it once like three years ago when we visited L.A. at some point. Yeah, we learned that in El Paso. And... and we just we never dance them up here, so we never keep them. Nope. Um, and I actually really enjoy Rob Fowler's Half a Chaw. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you had an opportunity to do it then. Yeah. After that, one of my requests came on. It was Broken Heart. Song was Mama's Broken Heart by Miranda Lambert. We danced Broken Heart by Virginie Barjoud of France and that Catalan style line dance was a breath of fresh air amidst dances that I don't think had fully gotten me into sweating let's do this all night long mode broken heart got me going it was nice so I don't know if you mentioned earlier I'm sure you did my Mm. brain is a little on the, okay, you've been up since way too early because we had a six o'clock flight. Mm-hmm. Um, in between like all of these dances, for the most part, there was one or two cha-chas or West Coast swings or two steps or some type of partner dance. And we tried our best to get dances that we could do to different songs. I knew that you requested specifically Broken Heart. It is a performance piece for sure when it comes to people being able to watch and just enjoy watching. It is a workout and it is a lot of fun. It's extremely cathartic for me when I dance it. Um, Up to this point, right before we had um, actually danced Broken Heart, I had a gentleman named Chase come up to me and let me know how much he was enjoying watching the two of us dancing out there and just having fun and doing whatever because it's something he's never seen before or he just really likes our style or there was a bunch of different things that he was mentioning. So I felt really glad that you had requested Broken Heart because I know how much people enjoy watching you specifically dance it but just dance people watching the dance in general because it looks good when it's danced 
So I was glad that that came on. And I was extremely glad the next one came on too. Mm-hmm. So with Broken Heart, it, it showed me what was possible in line dance back at Mavericks that I did not know was possible. I am happy to share that with new people whenever we can. Right. The next one you described is one that I would either really like you for or really dislike you for. Requesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was Put the Hurt on Me. It was. By Midland. And that... Oh, and we need to ask Tracy for the video because I think she recorded a video of this. The first ever uh, video in existence of the final form of Put the Hurt on Me as released earlier in the week. I think we did all right. I think we mostly... did. We, I don't remember if we got the restart or not. Or the first... I, the, the one with the tag at the beginning. So I got the tag mm-hmm. and I got the restart. I did not get the 16 counts with the tag. Ah. That's what I missed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so for those of you who are listening out there, after the first wall, there's a four count tag. You do the whole wall, then there's a four count tag. That'll be on nine o'clock. Then, just a couple of walls later, on three o'clock, you do 16 counts, and there's no tag, but there is a restart. Much later, you come back around to that wall, and you still do the 16 counts, but now you don't do the restart, you do the tag. I think it starts... And then it restarts. I think the, the specific counts start on the six o'clock wall and you restart on the three o'clock wall. Right. It's just where you happen to be facing. Yeah. It's where you're facing as opposed to starting the three o'clock wall. Mm. But I love the dance. I, there's just something about the song for one, Mm -hmm. but to, when you've, you've been working out the steps for a while to really find something that just complements the song and all the different little nuances that happen throughout it. And I remember at one point, and I, I love it so much that you, you had said this, that you had finally gotten to a point that you're like, I think even Megan would really like this dance because it's going to make her feel pretty like a dancer like she likes to feel. And not spastic and bouncing off the walls like people seem to think. I dance on a regular basis. Right. And I love, love, love the fact that this shows another side of your talent and your capabilities as a choreographer. And I just, I think you did such a good job on choreographing this dance and it hits so nicely. And it does leave room to play, which is really nice for when certain things happen with the guitar mm. or extra beats here and there or lack of beats here and there and it just it gives room for the dancer to breathe and dance and make it their own so i absolutely love 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 this dance so if you have not seen it yet because it's just been released i highly 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 recommend you pulling up the step sheet on Kopernov for sure i think you're also submitting it to line dancer and kick it yes and for those who aren't aware, there are websites with step sheets in addition to Coppernob. I know that Coppernob often is your first click when looking for step sheets because it comes up so easily on Google. You can look up any line dance name and then put line dance or step sheet or something like that, and you'll probably get what you're looking for from Coppernob. It's very easily searchable in that way. However, additional features you may not know about on, say, Kick It 
include being able to make lists. You can make a list of all the dances that you know. And you can even, as you learn new dances, record when you learned the new dances. If you're an instructor, you can make a list of dances that you've taught and when you taught them. And then you can collect all of those into an easily read formatable list that you can submit to the World Dance Instructor Survey, which is another thing that I think a lot of people don't know exists. People will submit what they taught to this survey via email. And after collecting all of the data, that survey information becomes available to everyone else. People can see what is actually being taught. People might think that because something has reached number one or 20 or whatever of Copper Knob, having been viewed many times, they may have the impression that people are actually dancing that dance. But view counts can come from means other than a dance being taught. The World Dance Instructor Survey shows you concretely what was taught that month in what areas of the world slash specific country slash state and Kickit makes it very easy to collect all of your teaches into a, into a list that can be sent into that survey. Line Dancer also has its own charts. Now I want to just give you guys um, a quick information. Mm. Um, I will let you let, because I don't exactly remember, Kickit's website name is actually kickit.to. Yes, originally it was based on, I think it was like kickit.to slash ya or something. So it was like kick it to ya. It was Peter, so it's Peter Blaskowski's project that I think originally had some kind of relationship with like a, a soccer website. But, you know, because it's also line dance, kick it to... Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's also relevant to line dance terminology. But then the soccer bit went away and it was only line dance and now it's uh, just sort of got the name based on tradition. Cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is when we reference line dancer and scripts or step sheets, it's linedancerweb.com mm-hmm. so that you know which website to go to. Uh, when we are referencing this, but you may continue with what information you were sharing. Oh, sure. So yeah, Line Dancer is a super in-depth site that has a lot of buttons for you to click if you uh, you know have some extra time during the week. Let's just actually, you know, since you, you have them up here right now, let's take a look. We have Dance Scripts, Charts, Magazine, Beginners, and that's going to be full of information that beginners will find useful. And then underneath that, we have on the next row down, LDF Charity, Message Board, Crystal Boot Awards, and Information. A lot of these uh, buttons are repeated up at the top, so you can navigate however you find yourself uh, most comfortable. And you can create an account. You can create an account by using your email address. It is completely free. You can fill in your profile information about yourself. And what's most important, I think, that Lion Dancer does is in addition to offering step sheets for various dances, it gives you the ability to vote for dances that are your favorites month by month. The votes do need to be refreshed every month just you know, to keep the information current. But if you do that, all of your votes are then collected toward nominations, kind of automatic nominations, 
for Crystal Boot Awards in various categories. The Crystal Boot Awards are held in Blackpool, England in January each year. It's a very festive, formal gala affair. People dress up, they live stream it so you can see what everyone's wearing and how they, how they do dances differently in their nice ball gowns and tuxedos. And there's even a viral video of the Beast from I believe 2015 uh, wherein Carl Harry Winson and Pedro Machado and Rob Fowler, and I believe it's Daniel Trapat was the fourth one, maybe? It was definitely somebody moving very liquidly. That might have been Daniel. Anyhow, four people are dancing that dance, and it is at the Crystal Boot Awards. The flair they put on there, out of this world. All of your votes over the course of the year on Line Dancer or LineDancerWeb.com, uh, all of your votes turn uh, into eventually some very happy, excited person taking home a crystal boot because they had the number one absolute beginner dance of the year or phrased dance of the year or they were nominated and won an award for top instructor or UK personality or one right. category or another. Lots of exciting things happen at the Crystal Boot Awards and you can actually be part of that fun and that action by putting your votes in for favorite dances at LionDancerWeb.com. Lion Dancer, of course, also has the spin-off LionDancer-Radio.com where in Megan and I have a show airing every week on Tuesdays. You may have heard of it. It's called Lion Dance Podcast. <laughs> Old episodes can be found at lightdancepodcast.com. In summary, go to Copper Knob uh, if that is your first click of choice. They are now 100,000 plus step sheets deep in submissions over the last several years. And your dance is probably, if you've submitted a sheet anywhere, probably on Copper Knob somewhere. Uh, go to kickit.to to make these helpful and uh, informative lists. Go to linedancerweb.com to participate in the voting that eventually goes toward a crystal boot winner of some category of dance. And you know what? Just for fun, go to Country Soul on Facebook. It's Why not? Why not? They've got hats. Uh, they've got a podcast. Byron, our friend, is an amazing guy. He's super friendly. His, his interviews are, are interesting and uh, entertaining. And sometimes they lead to you meeting a person at a bar you've never been to before, like Whiskey Baron, where we did Put the Hurt on Me, which was the last one that we mentioned on our list. It was. It was. Moving on, we have Angel and Corona, which you danced. Yay! All well, by myself. All by yourself. Well, I guess other people danced something else. This one, holy cow, I did not know it was going to go as well as it did. Fake ID. That was right? the closest we have ever danced it to the way that we used to do it back at Mavericks in Santa Rosa. Even closer than the way that they do it at Oil Can Harry's, which previously had been the other closest. But they even did the three-quarter turn all the way back to the front wall when you do the ba-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Uh, the only difference I did notice was we do half of B and then full B during that here's my money now get out of my way. Yes. They do full B and then half of B. I would, at this point, I think I would be willing to try 
full B, half B. Because it honestly, it makes more sense. And if that's how other people are doing it, I know Oilkin does it that, uh, that way as well. If that's how they're going to do it, I would rather find a middle ground and do mostly what we did back at Mavericks, but also make a little change so that we can all dance it together. I think that would be the most elegant solution. I like also, it. they finish. Even the places that do it mostly the way that, that we did it at Mavericks will finish with an A, but we always finished it with B so that you end on four claps. They did the B ending with four claps. Yeah, that that was really cool. I knew at some point I was like, oh, no, this is going to be dangerous. And mm. so, like, I stood near you on the end. Well, then some girl stood next to me, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to get messy if she does anything different. And I even – she danced it differently in style and didn't move quite as much as I did on certain places and moved more than I did on others. So I still rotated – myself back a little bit to dance next to you since I I know how you dance this dance I've danced this with you for years now at this point and so I I know where your spacing is and everything but I knew that we would also do the same walls the same way essentially and in case they variated in any way shape or form from what we know that I I wouldn't necessarily collide with somebody but I was, I was really glad that it was as close as it was. Mm-hmm. After that, speaking of Mavericks, where the heck did Whiskey Baron learn gun control? I By don't Laurie know. Schleckway Burkhart. I know that we did it regularly at Mavericks, which was the first place I had ever seen it done. And then we would do it even after Mavericks closed at the Davis Graduate and... For a long time, Sonoma County people were the only people who knew gun control because we brought it from Mavericks. Right. Then the local Davis people started dancing it. Among the local Davis graduate dancers, um, you had Andrew Roberts, who moved to Reno, and I'm pretty sure he brought gun control with him. The Davis Graduate closed, so now we have Mavericks. It was danced there, it closed. The Davis Graduate, it was danced there, it closed. Andrew, one of the survivors from uh, the Graduate, so to speak, because he found a new place to dance even after leaving the grad, uh, he brought that with him, and I'm pretty sure that they have a good chunk of dances uh, recorded of them doing it, whether as part of a teach or just dancing Mm -hmm. it in open dance at various places in Reno. I wonder if that's how Colorado Springs came to find it. Maybe. Because they they did some of the they did some of the variations the same way that I've seen Reno people and grad people do it. They were missing some of the variations that Mavericks people used to do, like dropping down during certain parts. Mm-hmm. Or doing the weave by crossing forward and crossing back. When I've seen Dustin Valcalda teach it in Reno, he does it two-step sheet. Crossing in front, step to the side, cross to the front again, not do like a full weave, and cross to the side. That's how they did it in Colorado Springs. They didn't do our Mavericks-y Sonoma County weave thing, and they also didn't do the drop down there. So I wonder if it is Reno's impact that has informed... Colorado Springs's dance choices. Maybe. If that's the case, big props to Patsy Medeiros for always 
showing up to GSR or Little Waldorf Saloon to record when a new dance is exciting the population there. Because that excitement, apparently, perhaps, has carried over to another state. Exactly. That's one of the few things that I've noticed that um, Byron or Country Soul, mm -hmm. as well as Patsy up in Reno, are just really helping <clears throat> the line dance scene from either A, the smaller venues, or B, the idea of a bar venue is they've been sharing these videos of dances and dancers on YouTube and whatnot, and they've been being able to spread out there. We're very lucky when it comes to traveling the globe and circuit events. We have Jesse Chan, who does a lot of videos for like the demos and everything, so those get to be seen as well. So it's really nice that we have those options there um, to have like the different crossover stuff, as well as we have uh, Seven Arrow Media, mm -hmm. which allows uh, for the live streaming, which is really cool because we've been able to talk to friends about it and have them watch the live stream and be like, this is what happens at a, an event. This is why you want to go to one. So I really like the idea that like technology has added to what it added what it has to the line dance community, especially knowing, like you were saying, how a lot of the similarities of the styling of gun control in Colorado Springs is reminiscent of the styling in Reno. Mm -hmm. And you know, when, when else would these worlds collide? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting watching the, I mean, you could look at it almost like as a, as a family tree, but like I'm imagining sort of like a branching fractal pattern of mutation almost like an ivy plant kind of yeah where it just keeps reaching and it twists and turns yeah. and... and you can eventually you know trace it all the way back to where it was first written on the back of a napkin in 1977 or something <laughs> depending on what the dance is and actually that'll hmm, that'll come uh, up a little bit later in the playlist and you'll see how maybe not to the 70s but going back a little ways um, after gun control, we had Barefoot and Buckwild, which we attempted to get back. I think you had a stronger hold on it than I did. I'm, I just followed you after a bit. I did have to check the step sheet to be sure that one of the things I was doing was in the right spot. But uh, you know, once I trusted myself, I, I was able to join you. Every, everybody else was doing something else to Barefoot and Buckwild. I don't remember what. I put a question mark, and I think maybe I recorded a wall or two of it. I think you did. I think you recorded a wall while I started the dance. Mm -hmm. Um, cause like for a second there, I wanted to see what they were doing. So I actually started the dance in the wrong spot because unfortunately it is not one that we do enough in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, it, this, this dance has a special memory for me. Hmm. Um, it's one of the harder, I use air quotes, hmm. lessons that I took when we first started, when I first started dancing at Mavericks from DJ Ryan. Mm -hmm. This was also the dance that we actually first spoke words to each other. Really? Was yes. this the one that I, I thanked you for or something? It was, yes. It was, um, I had taken the lesson and one of my friends um, 
didn't. And so when it played later, I was kind of calling it out to her a little bit. And you had walked up to me later after it was done and thank you, thanked me. And I said, sure, you're welcome. And then we went to our separate corners. <laughs> but it was the first time that uh, we had actually exchanged words at the bar. Because if anybody knows the story at all, uh, my first trip to Mavericks was very intimidating with how talented the dancers were specifically yourself as well as our friend Keith Anderson. Um, I made the joke originally, well, I say the joke now, but I was serious then that you couldn't pay me to dance next to you two because you guys were too good. And I would look like a complete idiot next to you guys. And here we are three and a half years later. Still dancing. Well, technically, I think at this point, it's almost five years, but that's okay. Three and a half years of traveling around the United States dancing together. Wearing our country soul hats. And our uh, UCWDC World Championship uh, belt buckles for Can't Walk Away. Oh, yeah. I guess we're both wearing those today, aren't we? Yep. How about that? Well, as somebody who had to follow you uh, again (laughs) during Barefoot and Buckwild years later... (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> After that, we had a, a song that must have been in the low hundreds or high 90s of beats per minute. And we avoid, as much as we possibly can, just defaulting to Redneck Angel when that tempo comes up. It's tempting to do it because it's, an it's easy. easy. Yeah. It's easy to do, and it's, it's, it comes quickly to mind. But... We used the cheat sheet on this one, and we decided to dance shoop instead, which also fits really well at that tempo. It's a balance between syncopation, holds, and occasional heavy syncopation, followed by long stretches like a drag. For example, there's a weave at the beginning that then goes into a drag. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a sense of variety in a tempo that otherwise would feel potentially stagnant. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awkward awkward pace to, at which to move your body. But Shoop pulls it off. After that, we have Off the Beaten Track, which we actually danced because we were talking with Tracy and we were trying to find dances that all of us knew. She had recommended Off the Beaten Track, I think, for a different song that was playing but we, we were thinking, oh, I don't know, this tempo isn't really quite what the original song was. So these movements might not match it. We, we yeah, they might feel it slow yeah. or might feel fast. And, and we also explained how sometimes when we move too slowly and we don't feel like we're really dancing anymore at, at, a, at a lower tempo than what the steps would allow, our minds start to wander and we don't enjoy it as much. Yeah. And some people may just assume, oh, well, they'll, they'll dance to anything. They'll dance any dance to any song, but we're a, little, we're a little choosier than that. We really still like to focus on what will have the best result for our bodies. Like yes. what, what's going to feel good. Some step patterns feel better at certain tempos than others. And we try to match those as closely as we can. When we did eventually find a song that worked well with Off the Beaten Track. We danced it, and as far as I recall, it went all right. Just took us a little while to be sure that we knew the dance that we had learned earlier that night. (laughs) Right. 
to then, a different song. Right, yeah. Uh, then they played Stuck Like Glue. So, of course, we danced Cut a Rug. Yes. Classic I, by Joe Thompson's That Minsky. is actually... Thank you for recommending that as a teach for me hmm. to that song uh, for Classics Night at Hot Monk. I was really looking for something that was easy and symmetrical that people were really going to be able to sink their teeth into and build up their confidence, but it was still a classic dance, but still fun, and you had suggested that. So it was like uh, Country Walkin'. It was fresh in my mind on how to do it. And we had actually danced it to that specific song. So it was nice that we heard the song like, oh, we can do something. We know what we can do already. We don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's the song that is listed as the alternative possibility on Joe's step sheet. Originally, it was to roll back the rug by Scooter Lee. But you know, for contemporary audiences, Stuck Like Glue works really well as well. After that, we had Make It Sweet, and I actually hadn't danced this in a while. The song came on, and I knew, of course, we had to dance Make It Sweet to Make It Sweet, but I, I wasn't sure that my muscle memory would fully kick in. And in those cases, you really have to rely on the opening counts to get your body moving. Yay, Rachel, for being a genius. She's just so clever, and the song opens with, I know it's a drag, I know it's a grind, so she starts with a drag and follows it with a grind. After that, the entire rest of the dance just kind of flows forth. And I didn't have to worry or think about it too much. Thanks to her starting it that cleverly. Right. This is why when people see some of the titles I use for dances uh, and, and don't understand, like, what were you going for there exactly? I, I like to give people cheats. Little like shortcuts. right by my slide. Mm -hmm. the, in the in the song uh, "Beer Never Broke My Heart" by Luke Combs, he's describing how this this wonderful concoction known as beer has always been there for him. All these other things go wrong, and everything else. You know, life life disappoints him, but beer is always there, right by his side, so to speak. And I, this, the dance starts with a big step to the right, almost like a nightclub basic, but for, you know, country bar crowds who don't know about collecting and all that fancy business. It's just a big step to the right. You slide your left foot toward your right. You, you know, some would describe it as a drag. Some would say it's a slide. And then you rock recover. And then you do the same on the other side. So you step to your right, you slide your left foot, and the whole song is about beer being right by your side, so, of course, right by my slide. That's where that title Hot, comes from. Ah, tricky fish. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's especially important for beginners. Intermediates will just do whatever. I mean, the, the, they'll say, okay, uh, I've got to do like this weird and butt and butt and walk walk at the beginning of Funk and Feel It by RJ Centino and Rachel McEnany White. Sure, we'll just do that. We'll just remember to do that every time. No hints, no tricks, because it's a higher complexity dance and they're used to that kind of thing. If you're a beginner, you need every shortcut that the choreographer is willing to give you because you want to feel confident. You don't know that many dances yet. You don't yeah. know as many patterns. So having a little trick in the title or a little distinctive movement can go a long way, I find. Yeah. Um, it. I just had a totally like daisy chain of thoughts mm. but i'm gonna to get to the final one about how you were saying um beginners need all the tricks that they or shortcuts they can do and i remember when i was teaching keep it simple at our local 
venue, mm -hmm. I because they know certain dances, I reference the first eight count as the lonely drum tag, and then you have your cross points in a jazz box quarter turn. Then you have your two Lindy's, or you're actually technically it's a uh, Lindy, complete mm -hmm. Lindy, but Lindy right, Lindy left, um, which is I love a rainy night, mm -hmm. which they do every week there. And then you finish off with the cruising turn because they all dance cruising as well. Mm -hmm. So having those tricks as a beginner really, 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 really helps. So when you have stuff like the wonderful and talented Miss Rachel, you know, I know it's a drag. I know it's a grind. It really does help. Mm -hmm. Also, fun fact for those uh, who are wondering if they've seen that second eight in Keep It Simple before. The cross point, cross point jazz box for the turn can be found in Julia Wetzel's All I Am Is You as well as her Better When I'm Dancing. And the final eight, while described by many as the cruising turn, is also uh, referred to as the figure eight turn, or as John Robinson can tell you. The infinity turn. Yeah, the infinity loop, which some people see as being a sideways eight, some people see as being only an infinity loop and nothing else. Whatever you call it, that little pattern there, the, the, the eight counts found in cruising, famously in cruising, uh, th those eight counts do reappear and having that under your belt can carry over to other dances. So whenever you think you're learning just a dance and nothing but a dance and the only time you'll do those steps is in that dance, if you think that that is the case, you will, you will be surprised because other dances, if, don't, if, if they don't borrow from previous dances, will definitely have enough similarities that uh, your previous experience will help. Yes. Yes. After Make It Sweet, we have the Electric Slide. And I think they even did that song. It's electric. Yes, they did. That's, that is actually the only song I heard for the Electric Slide all weekend long. Anytime the Electric Slide was played, or danced, I should say, the song that was played is the one that has the It's Electric. Mm -hmm. After that, oh, and for this, I actually don't remember what the song was, but I did record a few seconds of it, so let's see what the song was that played Oh, that's here. right. It took us a second. I thought it... Let's play that again. Oh, it was Freight Train. Freight Train. So, about this one. The dance was turbo twang. We danced turbo twang. Everyone else around us danced turbo twang. <laughs> and the song that was playing was Freight Train. And what I would love to know is what they call it. This is right. the same dance, and they were doing the variations with the high kick. Uh, this is the same dance that they do in SoCal as Burn It to the Ground, and on the East Coast as In a Hick Town, and apparently in Colorado Springs as Freight Train, maybe? Who knows? Well. So one of the things that I've noticed about this night mm -hmm. is because it was a DJ all request song night. Mm -hmm. No dances were actually really called ever. Nope. So you just kind of had to know that this dance went with this music. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. And when we asked, um, I think it was Chase actually, possibly, uh, what, dance they did to that we were doing turbo twain to what they called it couldn't answer they are like i don't actually know what it's called i just know the steps fascinating so it's interesting how different venues work where some of them 
They'll give you the title and the count in. Someone will just give you a count in. Someone will just give you the song. I mean, it's it's very interesting how different venues are ran. Mm-hmm. And for those who, let's say, have been dancing this dance in SoCal long enough to say, well, we all know it is burned to the ground, so it's burned to the ground. I've seen at Stagecoach walk the line as the dance that is danced to Freight Train. Now here, Freight Train was the song used for what they in SoCal might call burn into the ground. Does that mean walk the line is Freight Train? It is not. Walk the line is walk the line and it was danced to the song Freight Train. This dance that we danced neighboring everyone else yep. to the song Freight Train in Colorado Springs, I would say resembles beyond reasonable doubt Turbo Twang by Max Perry and oh, Peter yes. Metelnik. There, there was not enough difference in the steps for me to think it otherwise. Mm-hmm. So just as I would not call Walk the Line Freight Train, I would not call that dance Freight Train. I also would not call that dance Burn It to the Ground, nor In a Hick Town. I would call it Turbo Twang. That's my soapbox for the day. Yeah. Yay. Mine's still in the You're closet. You're still in the closet. That's fine. <laughs> After that, we had the song Kerosene and a dance that was done by many to Kerosene. And I'm not sure what that dance was. I, I hope I recorded some of it. And off of the corner, we did Mbop. Yep. Mm-hmm. Triple Mbop. After that, we had a Backwood Bump, which you danced because I yes. don't actually know that one. I've seen it dance um, many times. That is one that I need to remember that I like. Mm -hmm. Because I know I like it the second I hear the song. Mm -hmm. And it's one that I've only ever followed. Mm -hmm. And for the first time ever, because I followed it at um, Orwood near Sacramento. And then several days later, I followed it two different times in Reno, it was fresh enough in my memory that I was able to actually go out on the dance floor and confidently dance it, thinking I knew what I was doing. I even got the restart by myself because there was only three of us dancing. Mm. And I was really excited to get to dance this one. And it's one that I need to remember, like I said, that I really, really like and I need to teach it. Mm. After Backwood Bump, we had the song Knockin' Boots playing. And of course, we rushed out there to do Come Dance with me because that's what we do in Sonoma County. We didn't learn any of the other dances that were set to Knockin' Boots. We just did Come Dance with me by Joe Thompson's Mansky. To be fair, I think you actually found the song before there was any dances choreographed to it. And you song switched Come Dance with me to it because of a couple of the patrons that we have you knew would like the song and we already danced the dance and then they released a bunch of dances to it and then you said instead of changing it up on them and not and messing them up and teaching a new one you're just going to keep it here at our local venue to come dance with me perhaps that sounds like it was all a very long time ago i may just take your word for it after that, we had Copperhead Road, the dance, not the bar. And the dance that they were doing was the version we do. It was. The heel hook version. Right heel, left heel, right heel, left heel, heel hook, 
heel together, heel hook on the left, heel together, and then some more heel switches, and then rock and turn and rock and turn. Not the version that we used to do back at Mavericks, which was called Southern Stomp, if you check it out on Copper Knob, nor was it the Kentucky Chug version of, right. of Copperhead that does the hoop, hoop. This was the heel hook version as taught in the video by Buckle, the clothing company. Buckle? Yeah. They, they teach a tutorial with the heel hooks. What? Stays on phrase. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Buckle did? Yeah. I did not know that. After that, we have Cotton Eye Joe, and I think we led Tracy through this one because we knew she could pick this one up easily. It had the step, heel, hook, heel, step, heel, hook, and then shuffles, shuffles, shuffles. She joined us for that I one. did not realize we were leading her. I think you led her, and I just danced it. Maybe. <laughs> After that, we partly redeemed our earlier difficulties on Classics Night. I don't know what you're talking about. It was perfect every time. Yes, and you know, <laughs> if you want to tune into our classics episode about that, we can tell you just how perfect it was, and and where where we shone especially brightly. We then decided why not dance it here at Whiskey Baron. So that was one of the requests that uh, I'm not sure if either I put in or I had you put in on my you behalf. Ha you had me write it down on your behalf. Yeah. yeah. So we danced in the middle. Somebody like you, uh, by I believe Alan Birchall, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, very popular in the UK. The song is Keith Urban's Somebody Like You. Somebody, Yeah, sometimes, I was thinking like Someone Like You, but no, that's Rod Stewart. Someone Like You. This was Somebody Like You. Everybody else was two-stepping around the outside. At one point, we got separated, but we were able to navigate our way back toward each other, so it, it looked more like two people line dancing and not just two disconnected dots. After that, any man of mine came on, and you asked, hey, do you remember Canadian Stump? I have issues with Canadian Stump because there are different versions that different people do in different places. For example, you might do one jazz box at the end. You might do two jazz boxes at the end. You may do something completely different at the end. We did two jazz boxes and other people, I think, just kind of followed along. And it looked like some people actually knew it. So it was, it was all good. We, we got through it. But uh, it was a little touch and go at, at the very beginning because I hadn't danced it in so long. Then we had the classic cha-cha slide. I did not go down to the floor for that, but I did clap and do the Charlie Brown from where we were up in the top tables. Mm -hmm. And one of my requests came on for the song Bring Down the House by Dean Brody, and we danced Dizzy yeah. to it. And I think some spectators afterwards said that they especially enjoyed watching that They one. did. Contra, even. Then the song Hicktown came on by Jason Aldean. We danced in a Hicktown, and everybody else danced something else. Uh, we then danced Strokin' to the original song, which I might not normally do at home, but you know what? New venue, new people, there, why yeah, not? Yeah, there's something about being in a different venue mm -hmm. and changing dances, or changing, and dancing dances that you normally don't because it changes the feeling of the dance mm -hmm. with your surrounding and your atmosphere. Sometimes it's because you have no idea how much dancing you're going to get in. Sometimes it's just the contagious energy. Um, whereas, you know, I, I don't particularly rush out by any means to dance watermelon crawl back home, but you bet your tushy if Joey Warren is at an event and Watermelon Crawl is played, I'm out there on that floor having a blast. Mm -hmm. And it's just something about the energy that happens there versus back home with that particular song or dance that I think 
it, it does play into effect. Mm -hmm. After that, we had the song Reggae Cowboy play. And somebody, I think somebody challenged me. Somebody asked, it may have been our new friend Nicole who asked whether I know a dance to it. She seemed shocked that I'd walk off the floor and wouldn't try to find something on the cheat sheet. And said, oh, well, there's a dance to this, but I just haven't done it in so long. And she was just giving me such a hard time about it. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up because I did know this dance at one point. It does have its issues because originally it's another disputed history dance. You can look it up as Diamondback Stomp. You can look it up as Reggae Cowboy. Sometimes it's Reggae Cowboy is the song, Diamondback Stomp is the dance. Sometimes you do a certain number of shuffles at the end and sometimes it's a different number of shuffles at the end. I don't teach it anymore or at least I, I don't Sounds plan to teach it. complicated. Right. It, the dance itself, at its basic form, in its basic form, should be easy enough. But because there are different versions, I don't want to fragment the line dance community anymore. Right, just like is. we've seen with slap and leather and power jam and all these other ones, where just a couple different counts can th throw off the whole floor. I stay out of it. But in this case, I figured there's no harm in it. I'll just look up a basic version of it and just dance it as we go, and it turned out okay. No lasting damage, but wouldn't have been my first choice because as you get older in line dance history with these dances, the more differences and mutations um, appear going forward toward the present. Anyhow, moving on. Mm -hmm. We then had back on Texas time again at a new venue. And if I recall correctly, they did the same interaction with the lyrics that uh, other venues over the course of the weekend did. It's just one of those little simple things that you can do when it comes up in the music. Do not recall if they did or not. Mm. I know Sunday did. Mm. I think but. the fact that I don't have the asterisk means that other people must have been dancing it. And if they had been dancing it, it means they really knew it. So if they really knew it, they probably knew it well enough to dance it at other places. And if they did the same flair at other places as... or at, as at, this location as the others, then it would probably logically carry over. Makes sense. By my supposition. After that, we had John Lieberman's Stomp Like What to the song Stomp Like Hell. Thank you. Now, there was actually something really cool about this one. There was a gentleman on the floor doing the, like, he walked towards the floor, like, excited to dance it. So I was like, okay, which one do you do? And he said something, Stomp Clap. And I was like, oh, no, I do a different one. Mm thinking that he wasn't describing the first two steps. But when I watched him just for a quick moment, I realized he was doing Jono's dance, and I know Jono's dance. Mm -hmm. So I danced it with him, and later on in the night, he came up to us and asked if we were actually the ones in the video for Stomp Like What, because he had literally used that video to learn it just a few days earlier. So that was really cool, and I'm glad that we have that video out for that dance. Yeah, and if you're ever tempted to do a tutorial video yourself, you may have an impact on someone that you right. may never meet. Sometimes you're lucky enough to meet them. After that, we had The Outlaw, 1.30 a.m., and they wrapped up the night not with slow songs, but with two-stepping, and the night overall ended at 1.43 a.m., uh, let my example be a lesson to you all. Charge your phone over the course of the night. I started looking for my Uber when my phone was at 4%. The order went through and then my phone died. We did not know whether the Uber would arrive and we sat on the curb for 18 minutes uh, just hoping that they would show up. Yep. So 
charge your phone, bring a battery pack. The only other thing is somewhere in the night we did the biker shuffle. Right, that did happen. Okay, well, thank you for tuning into this uh, additional chapter of our Pikes Peak Adventure on the Lion Dance Podcast. This has been Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Until next time, we will see see you on on the the dance dance floor. floor.